is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. We're here to help you win the ultimate bragging rights, a fantasy title. Let's go. Hump day! It is Wednesday. Welcome to the show. Everybody knows Wednesdays are my favorite days. We get to talk trade. At the end of the show, we'll grade some of your trades, but a lot of buy low, a lot of sell high, and we're previewing the Thursday night game that nobody is excited for. Dave, Jamie, Heath, how uh, how did the waiver wire treat you last night? Not bad, not bad at all. Got a bunch of players that I needed. Yeah, I, I really didn't. I was outbid on a lot of players. I got some Richard Higgins. Which is fine. He went for a lot less than I thought he would. I thought he'd be a little more popular. Yeah, that's why I got him, because I didn't get anybody that went for more than I thought they would. Mm. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I got I I missed out on JJ Nelson by like one percent of my budget in one league. Mm. Couple bucks in another league. Most added player in our leagues, JJ Nelson, now seventy six percent owned. He should be. He's he he has a chance to be very good. I got a lot of Trevor Simeon. Three or four leagues I picked up Trevor Simeon. I, as I, we were saying off the air, Dave and Heath not really feeling Simeon this week. That's fine because I'm feeling Simeon long term, and I put my fab money where my mouth is. Uh, uh, Jamie, real, yeah, really go ahead. It didn't take long. You bought in. <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what I found interesting. Why did people buy into Alex Smith and Sam Bradford so quickly, but not Trevor Simeon? Who's bought into Alex Smith? Oh, I mean ownership percentage alone told me that people were buying into Alex Smith. I mean, he was more than 50% owned. JJ or Trevor Simeon after week one was was 50%. It's it was 20%. The week 20%. one overreaction. But thing. Simeon was great in week one. Alex Smith is 77% owned. Trevor Simeon yesterday was 20% owned. Now he's 47%. I'm not really sure why people would buy into Bradford and Smith and not Simeon. When Simeon has two really good wide receivers and uh, I, a lot of things going for him. Right, well. He's a swell guy. I'll, uh, I'll find out about Jamie in a second, but I gotta tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel's back. Sign up today, baby. Go to FanDuel.com, click the join now button, use our code CBSPOD. New users get free entry into the NFL Sunday Million. That's your chance to win some money over $1 million in cash prizes. When you make your first deposit on FanDuel, use the code CBSPOD. Void where prohibited. It's time for Jamie to speak. Hello, Jamie. Hey buddy, how you doing? I I think I'm doing pretty well. I feel like I'm feel like I'm bringing the energy right now. I'm excited about Trevor Simeon. Uh, you should be. He's playing great, and I'm, he's got yeah. a new offensive coordinator that believes in him, and like you said, two receivers that he can lean on with a very very good offensive line. And I put out my uh my David Johnson trade requests. Anybody want David Johnson? I haven't gotten any nibbles yet. So what, what were you expecting? Um. I would take maybe like a Rob Kelly, or maybe hopefully a little bit better. Oh, I bet you would. For for well, I'm seeing some of the David John, David Johnson trades that are going on. People are tweeting us, emailing us. I'm seeing what people are giving up for Johnson. Like what? I I don't remember off the top. You gave of my up head. Elliot for Johnson? Not straight up. That's not even close to what the deal was. <laughs> that was part of it, though. I gave up Ezekiel Elliott for Johnson, Demarco Murray, and Brandon Cooks. That's different. So part of it though, yeah. part of it was David Johnson, wasn't it? it? it yes, but I still, at the time, liked the deal for Murray. And David Cooks, Johnson and might be the then, best, best player right now. Well, <laughs> I don't think he's the best player right now, and that says something about everything in that trade. All right, so it hasn't worked out so far, but it's only been a week. I would also like you to know that I've been getting screwed by the trade chart because I'm trying to make some trade trade offers right now, and uh, 
Jade Arendars, who's listening to this show, no doubt, keeps going. Well, Dave's trade chart says it's a bad trade, so I'm yes. not going to make it. So That's right. Check out the trade no chart. No more tomfoolery from you, sir. What I want to know, who is your favorite buy low candidate right now? Jamie, give me one guy. We'll do more later, but one guy who your your favorite buy low candidate is right now. Uh, it's only going to be for a few more days, but go get Joe Mixon now because I think he's going to have a big day in week three against Green Bay. And I think this is the start of him taking off for the season. What I don't, about, I, I don't know for sure he's going to have a big day against Green Bay, but well, obviously just, uh, eventually sure. nobody knows for sure, but I think this is the start of him having a big, have we heard season. anything yeah. that indicates that or is it just new offensive coordinator speculation? Exactly that. And yep. Daniel's being hurt for the Packers. I, I think his time will come eventually. I don't know for sure that it's going to be week three against Green Bay. I wish it was week three against Green Bay, but you're right. He is a great buy low candidate. But I don't know if you can buy low and then plug him immediately into your lineup for this I would. week. Jamie would. Well, okay. So, what about the offensive line? Uh, it's awful. Yeah. How, how much will that hold back, Joe Mixon? Uh, if he gets a full workload, I think he'll be in a similar situation to what we see, like with Leonard Fournette, who's got a bad offensive line, like Dalvin Cook, who's got a bad offensive line. I think when you give talented players work, they end up coming through with good production. I don't know this for sure, but from what I've seen in two weeks, I feel like the Bengals is the worst of those three offensive lines. And I don't see a situation where he gets quite as much work as Cook or Fournette. So I don't see his upside being as high as those two, but it's much higher than his perception. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Dave, your favorite buy low right now. I think Demarius Thomas is an interesting buy low. I wonder if people are getting a little frustrated watching Emmanuel Sanders getting big games. And Jamie pointed out on FFT yesterday, not only did he score twice in week two, he almost scored twice in week one. And Demarius Thomas just hasn't come close. Wonder if you could get him on the cheap and trade. Okay, let me give you a cool stat that I I don't think I ever brought this up uh, during the preseason. But during the Peyton Manning era with Demarius Thomas, he was Peyton's like big time red zone target guy. Um that and last year without Peyton Manning, Demarius and Sanders both had a lot of red zone targets, but but it was tied. They had the same amount of red zone targets. That was a big shift um in 2016. In 2015 Thomas had 20 more red zone targets than Sanders. 2016 they were tied. They both had a good number though. So far in 2017, only Des Bryant has more I think red zone targets than Emmanuel Sanders. Only Des Bryant has more targets inside the 10 than Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I thought it was interesting, kind of changing my perception of Emmanuel Sanders a little bit as a guy I never really wanted to own. But um, he might be he might be getting more red zone targets than we're used to, and and inside the 10 as well, which is probably even more important. Uh, but no, I, I mean I, I don't disagree, Dave. I just wanted to bring that up for both of them, and they have such a great quarterback as we all know. Um, Sanders has been frustrating to me for a couple of years and certainly last year because of his inconsistency. I went back and I watched those red zone targets on the first two weeks. He's looked phenomenal against man coverage and his speed makes him a difference maker compared to Thomas, but Thomas has the size. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if when, if they're in the red zone and it's zone coverage, that helps Thomas more. And if they're in the red zone and it's man coverage, Simeon is looking for Sanders like he did on the touchdown. Uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just wanted to bring that quirky little red zone stat into there. And uh, Heath, favorite by low? I got to say Doug Baldwin, don't I? I? One of the things I love the most about him is how low you can buy on him. People are asking on Twitter, do I just give up on Doug Baldwin? Is it time to drop Doug? 
Are you kidding me? Like, it's kind of like Sanders and overreacting to how good his start is. We came in knowing that Sanders was going to have great games and going to have stretches where he was terrible. And I don't know why we'd overreact to a great game. We came in knowing that Baldwin may be a little up and down. I still think he finishes as the top 10 wide receiver. I'm not concerned. Yeah, and on that front, I mean, I would say A.J. Green is the guy that I am most actively trying to get. And I will just say, like, Green, Dez, uh, Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks. Are we down on any of them? Are, are did we? You just, did you just name all of my bylaws that I sent you this morning? No, I, did, I swear I didn't even look. <laughs> I didn't even look yet. Because you guys sent me a lot. Um, and I knew we weren't going to be able to get to all of them. But but any of the top ten wide receivers that aren't producing right now, are we down on any of them? Or are they all, you know, technically by low? We all value them the same that we did. Yeah, I, I think, you know, two weeks in, it's not necessarily time to panic on those players because they're not hurt. Their quarterbacks, for the most part, are playing well. And I, I think you're you're looking at it as their time will come. I mean, that's just the nature of the position. They're going to be like Antonio Brown was a monster week one. He disappeared in week two. You know, are you giving up on Antonio Brown because he didn't have a great game in week two? Are you giving up on Julio Jones because he didn't have a great game in week one? No, but at least so, they had one good game. I mean, right. Like- <laughs> but so, so if Baldwin or Green or, uh, Cooks, you know, they have two good games in a row. So it's two of four. So it's the same, you know, ratio. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think you just don't necessarily hit the panic button yet. And that's why they're, they're by low candidates as opposed to, Oh my God, I have to give up on these guys. Is Odell a by low candidate? Absolutely. For the exact same reason, right? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, but are you worried about, see that, that guy, like, I'm kind of concerned about the ankle. I'm not concerned about the Giants offense, like, he was great on a bad offense last year, but the ankle, I just wonder, do you make, do you make by low offers? If, if it's super low, fine, but for guys that are hurt, you know, how much are you willing to give up for guys that are playing through injury? Like, would you trade Mike Evans for Odell Beckham? No, I don't think I no. would. No, because those guys were close. I, I think it's the the interesting trades. I think are going to be the people that are selling running back. I don't know if it's starters or death, but just running backs for those upper echelon receivers. At least the ones that were pegged coming into the year. So, are you selling Carlos Hyde and C.J. Anderson for Beckham for Green for? Um, oh, I'd try to. I don't know Baldwin or Cooks because they're probably. The, the value of those guys at their position is, is probably better than what those receivers are if they're right, you know, if they're able to stay healthy in terms of running backs. But can you, can you get AJ Green? Can you get Odell Beckham? Can you get, uh, you know, maybe, maybe somebody's willing to punt on Jordy Nelson because he's hurt for, you know, Mike Gillisley or, or Anderson or, or Hyde. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it depends on on your roster, and of course, check out that trade chart and find out if uh, if you're making good trades or not. Yesterday, when I was making ad drops, I want to get your your take on this. One of the one of the I don't know conundrums that I run into is: Do I pick up a guy like Chris Johnson, who I guess I think could be okay, or do I pick up a guy like Jamal Charles, who could be useless unless C.J. Anderson gets hurt, which happens. And then Charles would be, I think, a lot better than Chris Johnson. Or, you know, there are, there are many, let's say, lottery tickets, as we call them on the show. Uh, who are some lottery tickets that you'd be looking to pick up right now, even if they were giving you very little production? Uh, and, and, you know, do you prioritize them over the kind of boring, but might get, might get 15 touches, uh, guys like Chris Johnson? That's kind of like what we talked about with Bilal Powell yesterday. So Powell still has lottery ticket appeal. To a certain extent, 
but he's not doing anything for you right now. So it's the decision you make. You hold on to him or do you move on to the next guy like a Jalen Richard or a Deontay Foreman? Or I would even say more so than Jamal Charles would be Devontae Booker. Because I don't think Charles' role will change dramatically if Anderson goes down. But if Booker's healthy, I think he will step into that role. So Wendell Smallwood, um, you know, uh, James Conner, you know, any, any of the guys that are right, in good right. situations, if, if the starter were to go down, that's the type of, uh, player you want to speculate on. The, the interesting one to me is, is in Dallas, because who's now the, the number two guy? Is it Alfred Morris? Is it Darren McFadden? And so which, one is worth speculating on, but right. You know, Jane, I, let me let me interrupt you because I got this. Well, I was, just, I was just gonna say real quick. The, okay. the, the the ideal situation you want is the Richard guy. You know, the guy who's getting playing time, mm-hmm. but is also an injury away from being potential superstar. Right, and Pat. So that's a great point. So Patrick writes in. Uh, he he's got he's got Ezekiel Elliott, and somebody just dropped Frank Gore. Would you drop? He said McFadden. You know, it might be. Morris that people have now. Would you drop Ezekiel Elliott's handcuff to pick up Frank Gore? Yes. He's just, yes. Yeah, uh, because you know you're you're waiting for Elliott to get hurt or still suspended while Gore can be a potential flex. Like if you have both guys this week and you're you know let's say there's a Thursday injury or a Friday injury or something happens on the injury report, you could plug Frank Gore in as a flex. You can't do that with McFadden or Morris. All right, let's do some news and notes. Ben McAdoo could give up play calling duties. Would that, uh, would that excite you guys? Can he block? <laughs> Probably. He was better with the other hairdo. What, what would have to happen <laughs> for him to give up all of his duties this year? I, I don't think it's completely out of the question. Uh, at the end of the year, I don't think it's going to happen midseason. Wow. But they, they're they a got disaster. So lucky last year. I, this is, I can't believe I picked them to win the division. That was when I thought Ezekiel Elliott was going to miss six games. Uh, Originally, I didn't have them making the playoffs. They, they're gonna struggle. Um, yeah, I wish I had been on Philadelphia's side a little bit more. Yeah. During recent, they look good. good. They do look good. Uh, Dak Prescott expected to play despite an ankle injury. That's a Monday night game at Arizona. I don't know if anybody saw, I read this morning Jeremy Fowler's article about the Steelers offense on ESPN.com. And what he was saying was that they are placing such a priority on ball security this year, particularly Ben Roethlisberger and interceptions. And he's just not really taking risks. And he doesn't care about getting guys' touches anymore. He doesn't care about spreading the ball around. He says he cares about winning. If they have a problem with not getting the ball, then, hey, it's all about winning. Uh, you know, it's it was – Jeremy Fowler used to work for CBS Sports, and I like him. He was a really nice guy, and he's a great writer and covers the Steelers very well. Wasn't the most exciting, um, encouraging article for fantasy owners to read about Roethlisberger prioritizing ball security and turnovers, and their offense has been pretty disappointing through two games. Do you guys make anything of that? Has it really been disappointing though? I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they they always do this on the road. They they've got the they've got Le'Veon Bell. He's been a total dud so far. And yeah, but I mean, after not having training camp. You had to expect a little bit of a lull. But whatever, for whatever the reason is, Bell's not at met expectations. Brown's not met expectations. Yeah, but I, I, he did for one week. I, I would I would just look at it and say, for for one week he was great. They played a terrible team on the road, and as we know with Week One, those those are like Super Bowl type games for a lot of these teams that aren't good because. They sell out with their preparation to make sure that they can make a good impression. I mean, are we really arguing about that? No, no, no. But but then then they then they come home to week two and they face one of the better defenses in the NFL. All right, I'm just saying. So, so I don't really see a problem with them. Oh, okay. I, I at mean, all. I 
Okay, I, I think I think Steelers owners are a little disappointed, but that's fine. Well, would, would you say Would you say that Ben has met expectations or or underperformed considering he's, what he's, his road woes have been? Yeah, he's been right around. He's been fine. He's been he's like been twenty-one right points 20 a game. He's exactly twenty fantasy points. Yeah. Twenty-one week, twenty-one the next. And and again, great defense at home. And Mike Zimmer has been great against him in almost every meeting that those two guys have had against each other. And then you have um, Bryant. Adam, you talked about this uh, leading into the Cleveland game. Great at home, terrible on the road. He was bad on the road. He was great at home. Antonio Brown was great one game. He's been better than AJ Green. He's been better than. Uh, Odell Beckham, he's been yeah. better than Julio Jones, and he's played one more game than Mike Evans. I, I don't know why we're complaining about the Steelers. Yeah, I don't think I, I, was I think there's a difference between it's unjustified and I'm worried about them, and they've been disappointing based on what their expectations are. They they've clearly not lived up to what their draft position was. Really, but there's a reason for it. Well, the, only, the only one really has been Le'Veon. Well, Le'Veon's, yeah, I mean, he's been awful. It's not Brown true. It, yeah, Antonio Brown has not been. He had 180 yards. What do you want from mm-hmm. the guy? I'm just saying, if you want to take a look at just basic stats, you want to see where where ben, where uh, Antonio Brown is at wide receiver right now? Uh, he's probably not in the top ten. I think he's fourth. Oh, my God. Is he really? <laughs> because most everybody's had one nice yeah. game. Right. Uh, well, it's, nice pretty game. Bu- it's pretty bunched. It's pretty bunched, yeah. So he's, uh, and yeah. He's basically tied with Jermaine Curse. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, Curse had two touchdowns. Pittsburgh's got three road games in their next four. And the other two road games, they play Chicago this week. That should be easy. They're at Baltimore in week four, at Kansas City in week six. That's where you might see some, uh, some bad numbers. But after that Kansas City game, half their road schedule is done already. That's right. Yeah. Their second nice. half is going to be great. Yep. All right. Cool. Do you expect the following players? Dave, you can do this segment. Jordy Nelson. Not as of now. Randall Cobb. I kind of think he'll play. Tyler Eifert. Frank, but I think he'll play. Tyler Eifert in that same game. I don't think he'll play. Jimmy Graham. I think he'll play, but not play well. Rob Gronkowski. Gronk will Gronk. Jordan Reed. Reed will play. Reed will Reed. Terrence West. I don't know if he's going to go. All right, that one's up in the air. Jordan Howard. Same. Reed and Howard are in the same boat. West. West and Howard. DeMarco Murray, is he, it's a big boat. DeMarco Murray in there? Yeah, he, he, I think he's the captain. He's got the hat on and that funky jacket with the sleeve thingies on the shoulders. <laughs> Not the sleeve thingies, but the little, what is that on the shoulders? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm ignorant to this. I don't know what you're, you're talking about. about. I'm, I'm picturing DeMarco Murray Shoulder as the pads? captain of the love boat, basically. I think it's their rank. I have okay. the captain well, now. Well, he's the, he's the big man there. Okay. He's so he MLB. That was a uh, long-winded way of saying the Marco Murray may not play this week, make alternate plans. Chris Hogan and Danny Amendola, do we think they'll play? Hogan, yeah. Amendola, not so yeah. Sam Bradford. Mike Zimmer really gave no indication. So as of now, I would say no. And finally, Corey Davis. Nah. All right. Uh, what, what is, uh, anybody know off the top of their head, Danny Amendola's ownership? 47 or 48%. Whoa. This guy worth stashing, right? PPR especially? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Danny Amendola. Probably should have talked about him a little bit more yesterday. My apologies, but not a bad guy to stash if you got the roster space. Um, all right, let's get into buy lows and sell highs. Then we'll preview the Thursday night game. I have a lot of emails and tweets I want to read as well. First, though, I do want to tell you about SeatGeek. 
Because buying tickets to sports and concerts, it can be complicated. There's a better way, everybody. There's an easier way, a way that's going to save you money and save you time. That's with SeatGeek. Just search for SeatGeek, download the app, put it on your phone. It's a piece of cake to use. You can buy your tickets right there. Just a couple of taps, and you're getting tickets to any game you want, concerts, theater, comedy. And you can save 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase with our promo code FFT. You type in FFT, you get 20 bucks back when you make your first purchase. It is awesome. I love the SeatGeek app. I use the SeatGeek app, you know, just like I want to see how much uh, tickets are going for. I'm curious to know what the market's like. I'll go on SeatGeek and I'll find out. And even after I use that promo code, I still use SeatGeek because it searches multiple ticket sites. It pulls in the results. It grades the tickets based on value. You can easily identify the best seats that fit your budget. Again, download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FFT. Save 20 bucks on your first SeatGeek purchase. That promo code is FFT on SeatGeek. More buy lows and sell highs. Uh, Dave, why don't you give me some more buy lows? Give me a couple here. Is Mark Ingram a buy low? Sure. Terrible play the first two weeks, but when he has had the ball, he hasn't looked so bad. Just really hasn't had the type of opportunities that we like. We believe that Adrian Peterson is kind of donezo. Maybe the pay, the pay, maybe the Saints are going to make him donezo, and Ingram can take over in that main role with Alvin Kamara doing the passing downs work. And once that offensive line gets both of its tackles back, it's going to be a really nice unit. So I think there's a lot of positives with Ingram. If I had him, and I do in a couple of leagues, I'm hanging on to him, not panicking, and uh, I, I think he's going to have some really good games beyond week three. So who's a better buy low since we both, we think both could get, you know, a similar role, Ingram or Mixon? If we're talking who's got role or upside? Well, they I mean, have the same they're pretty role. similar, right? Like, yeah. kind of drafted. Because I think Giovanni Bernard's not going to go away unless he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. I think they really like him in that pass. I'll say Ingram because it's better offense when everybody's healthy. Mixon's the better talent. Maybe. Okay. Dave, Mark Ingram's pretty pretty talented. Is. I agree. I agree. Dave, you their got offensive line's more? not in good shape either. The Saints. Yeah. Right. But their line can get better. Absolutely. Can get better. But right when, now when it's, those guys it's, get healthy. It's, it's messy. Dave, I know you wanted to talk about Carson Wentz and whether he's a buy low based on people's perceptions of him or if he's a buy high. You, you could know. have just waited until sell high when I put him in the list that I sent to you for sell high. All right. Hit, oh, you would sell high on Carson, <laughs> saw Carson Wentz. <laughs> Do you think we've seen the best of him already, Heath? Yeah, I don't think he's going to consistently throw for 330 yards and two touchdowns every week. Um, I'm getting questions on Twitter. Should I drop Russell Wilson for Carson Wentz? Oh, I don't know if I'm ready to do that. I One of my favorite by lows is a quarterback in the same division that I would rather have mm, than Carson Wentz. I know who you're going And that's for. Kirk Cousins. Yep. No. And I <laughs> think a lot of people would rather have Wentz than Cousins right now. I thought you were going to say... Dak Prescott, who I also think is a buy low guy. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'd rather have Dak than Wentz rest of season. Or Cousins. I would definitely rather have Cousins. If you had to rank them, Cousins would you do it? over Wentz. Me too. Uh, I, the, I was driving home yesterday and just thinking about buy lows and sell highs and Adam Azer and MeUndies and all the wonderful <laughs> things of the world. And I thought, you know, we really should have expected Kirk Cousins to start slowly. New offensive coordinator, new number one wide receiver. It, this really shouldn't be as surprising as it is. The preseason they were bad. But I, I believe he gets healthy this week. 
I agree. Against the Raiders. Against the Raiders. Defense traveling across the country. They're not that good in the first place. Cousins is going to be just fine at start this week. I feel like I said it after week one, and I, I still feel that way after watching him against the Rams. I feel like he's close. Mm-hmm. Like he's just missing. His throws are missing. It's his receivers that are letting him down, mm-hmm. or he's not leaning on. Yeah, you know, we thought Jamison Crowder would be Both. a far more uh, a bigger tool in this offense. Both guys, I think, get right this week. I hope they do. I hope they all Especially do. Especially if Reed's banged up. I've got him in a lot of leagues, and, and I agree. Yep. I think Kirk Cousins is good. Okay. So let's talk about Wentz, though. Obviously, we have uh, different viewpoints here on Wentz, who's been very good. Uh, I don't know, top three quarterback so far, maybe? Yep, number three. Number three. And he's 89% owned. He scored 22 fantasy points at Washington. He scored 28 fantasy points with a late touchdown at Kansas City. Yeah, they don't have a running game, so that helps Carson Wentz, I would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think the one thing just to put in perspective with Wentz, sell sell high, buy low. Um, there's there's an owner for the most part in every league that's looking for a quarterback because of the Andrew Luck situation. So depending on how that owner prepared, whether it was spending an early pick on two top twelve ish type quarterbacks, like I'm sure the guy who took Luck and Stafford is loving life right now. Uh, the guy who took Luck and Wentz is, is loving life right now. But there's probably a lot of people, because of what we said, was Luck and Carson Palmer or Luck and Andy Dalton or Eli Manning, whatever the case may be. So that's the type of owner you want to make a deal with if you have Wentz on your bench or you don't want to um, – or you don't like the guy that you drafted to pair with Wentz. But I, I think if it's just – like I have I have Cam and Wentz and in one league and – I'm starting Cam over him this week because I don't think that's a, a question just given the, the scenario. But moving forward, I'm going to hold on to Wentz with the scenario of if Cam continues to suck, I have a great fallback option. So I, I think Wentz is is playing what the expectation was. I, I know you know Dave was was high on him in the preseason. I had him as a sleeper in in March. You know I was look back at my early sleepers column. You know we we looked at what he did when he had a, a full compliment of an offensive line in front of him. When Lane Johnson was on the field for six of those games, he had four games with at least 20 fantasy points. So you're seeing a guy that that's taking that second-year leap, and the hope would be is that it continues. But I don't know if anybody is going to give you much in return for him because of the position that he plays and the thought that this could start to come down just because he's a young quarterback that we haven't seen the track record with. Yeah, one other thing with Carson Wentz. He's got the Giants this week, then he's at the Chargers, which could be good, and then he's got Arizona in week five. He might struggle in two of his next three games. He's going to stink this week. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's possible. But Giants' pass defense is not good. Eli Apple's struggling right now. If Janoris Jenkins yeah, but, doesn't but play— Yeah, but Jenkins expected to return, though. Yeah, that should help. Um, Okay, I thought he would struggle at the Chiefs, scored 28 fantasy points, you know. Uh, okay. Yeah, and look, and, and just to, just to put it in perspective, uh, eight of his fantasy points in week one, he had a 22 point game, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Eight of his points came on that fluke play to Aguilar. Aguilar. Yep. It was a 50 yard touchdown pass, 58 yard touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. And is he gonna rush for 55 yards on a consistent basis like he did last week against the Chiefs? Nope. He, he, he runs, true. runs, won't do that. running is part of his game, but he, he's played a little bit over his head. Okay. Don't you feel like the whole offense runs through him though? Like there, oh, there's no, no like running back there. He that. is he is taking the steps that you like to see from a young quarterback. There's absolute reason to believe in him, but I don't know if anybody's trading for him with the hope of I have my guy for the rest of the year. I think it's more so I'll give you this junk on my team 
for this and something else and Wentz as part of it. Yeah, well, how about the trade that I actually did make for Carson Wentz last week? I traded in a standard scoring league, Theo Riddick, for Carson Wentz. I, and, and I'm putting in a bid in that league waivers didn't run yet, um, for, for Trevor Simeon. And honestly, I feel like between Simeon and Wentz, I'll probably be okay most weeks at quarterback. I think, you know, I don't, I don't know that I have a great one there, but I think should between I, should the I two outbid of them, him since we're in the same league? Yes. <laughs> you, okay. you don't need Adam, who did you start that season with at quarterback? Eli Manning and Carson Palmer. Okay. So anybody that has those quarterbacks needs to replace them. And that's why Wentz at the low price tag, because he's a quarterback, because he's on a lot of people's bench. He's owned in 89% of leagues and started in 27%. I, I think he's a great guy to go and pick up and, and roll with for now. Yeah. And you don't have to give up a lot for him. Like so no, said. but, but, but also, as Adam alluded to, he's going to struggle this week. He may struggle in two weeks and you're going to see him probably cut. Because he's a backup quarterback in a lot of people's fantasy. So you're dropping Carson Palmer to pick up Simeon? No, I'm dropping Eli Manning. I'm going to have three quarterbacks for the time being. Kind of big rosters in that league. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if I don't get Simeon, I'll start Palmer this week. I might start Palmer anyway. Uh, all right. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll outbid him for Simeon. You're not going to outbid me for Simeon. You don't need him. Your team's incredible. So, Jamie, uh, give me give me one more buy low. Uh, what about Elliot? Zeke? Yeah. Yeah, there's Coming off his first bad game. People still concerned about the suspension that don't know legalese. <laughs> yeah. How about this? I got an email yesterday from somebody who said, should I give up Kareem Hunt and Kobe Fleener for Le'Veon Bell and Zach Ertz? Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. If you could buy low on Le'Veon Bell or Ezekiel Elliott, then you obviously do that. Uh, Jamie, you have Cam Newton as a buy low. Sure. All right, talk to me about that one. And and Isaiah Crowell. Those two are interesting. Cam and Crowell. Well, I mean, both guys have clearly been terrible. And Cam, this is the week to buy in if you're going to do it because after he has this game, you're not going to be able to get him cheap because people are going to still hold on to him and think that he could be great. So if you can get him, get him now before he plays the Saints, who he's got a great track record against, and obviously New Orleans stinks. But do you think he'll be good after the Saints game, Cam Newton? I I, I think there's still a chance. I mean, I I, I don't think he's going to be – as big of a bounce back candidate as he could have been potentially with Olsen now out for eight weeks. Cause that's a big piece of what that offense is clearly. Um, but I also don't think he's been, in, he's going to be as bad as what he's shown the last two weeks. I think he's like, he said, he's working out the kinks and um, this is like kind of what he said about cousins. He's got weapons that he's never really had to use before. You know, guys that he's never been as you know, we've talked about a lot. He's never been a guy that's dumped the ball off to running backs consistently out of the backfield. He's going to have to do that now. He's got Kelvin Benjamin, I think, still working through whatever he's been working through with the, um, you know, poor start that he's gotten off to. Funches is going to be a little bit bigger piece of the offense now. Sam will be a bigger piece of the offense now. So, uh, maybe he's going to have to go back to running the ball with a little bit more, uh, what do you call himself? A lion? You can't, you can't slow down the lion or whatever his quote was. Well, he's so, pretty slow right now. <laughs> Would you rather have Wentz or, or Cam rest of season? Cam. I'd rather have Cam's upside. Dave, Wentz doesn't have upside. I'll take Wentz. I think I no Wentz absolutely has upside, but I I think Cam's ceiling is still a little bit higher. Um, and and the same thing with Crowell. Look, he's had two very tough matchups, um, which has been unfortunate because people are clearly upset after drafting him in the third round. Um, and he's not doing as much in the passing game I think as we would have hoped, but 
the schedule will get a little bit better. This is one of those weeks. And if you again, if you want to buy in, buy in now because this could be the game where he has ten plus fantasy points, then nobody's going to part with him. All right, Heath, give me. Did you do enough buy lows, or do you want to do sell highs? Well, I did Doug Baldwin this time, and you named all the rest of mine earlier in the segment. So mm-hmm. I think we're T.Y. Hilton. You never said T.Y. Hilton. At some point, I do believe Andrew Luck is going to play football this year. They're clearly being cautious, so I feel better about the idea that when Luck comes back, he may actually be Andrew Luck. At that point, T.Y. Hilton's going to be a top 10 wide receiver again. Okay, so give me a sell high, Heath. Uh, sell high. I had Wentz. I'll say Derrick Henry. A lot of people seem to be presuming that Derrick Henry won the starting running job, running back job in Tennessee last week, and it doesn't matter if DeMarco Murray's healthy because Henry's so much better than him. I don't believe that at all. If you could go sell Henry for somebody that is actually a number two running back, I'd be happy to do that. And people are a little bit too excited maybe about Michael Crabtree. What would you, what would you expect for Henry though? Just yeah, r- I was going to ask this. R- right now, given the fact that Murray, let's just say he, he could miss a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, well, it doesn't help a lot that his first games again. You I mean, what do I expect performance or what can I trade for? No, just to no. get in return if, for him. If you have Derrick Henry and you want to trade him for one player to help your team, who would you be happy to get? I would trade him for McCaffrey, who is value has dropped quite a bit since the start of the season. I think they're close. Um, I would trade him. <sighs> what what if what if Murray's though out for multiple weeks? If he's out for two weeks, I'd still rather have McCaffrey rest of the season. Would you trade uh, Derrick Henry for Chris Carson? No. Right. I'd rather have Henry. Uh, I may regret that after Sunday. That's the th- and you might regret that after today because I think, we just we don't if, right. if Demarco Murray is back at practice and Malarkey comes out and says, "Yep, everything's fine and he's still our starter and Henry's our backup," <laughs> then Henry's value goes right back to where it was and you'd rather have Chris Carson. But if he comes out and Demarco Murray's not practicing and he ends up missing the game, Henry's going to go out there and have an every down workload. It's going to be against Seattle. I. Don't think it's going to matter that much because I think that Tennessee is still going to run the ball just as aggressively as they would anyway. Well, Seattle's not been good against the run yet. I know, year. I yeah. know. That's the other side to it. And, and well, they were in week one. Derrick Henry, if Derrick Henry does well, this is kind of an audition for him, isn't it? If he plays big and puts up numbers and shows that he's a true feature back in the NFL, no, it'll be a fifty-fifty time sure. Right, and right before this Demarco Murray injury, it was not. But what's the best case scenario for Derrick Henry? That's the best case scenario for Chris Carson is he gets, you know, 18 carries a game. Best case scenario for Derrick Henry with a healthy DeMarco Murray is not that. Time sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. But if it's, if it's 12 to 15 carries a game, which could easily be the case, Ugh, 12, even oh. how that offense is, his 12 to 15 behind his offensive line could be better than the 18 for Carson behind his offensive line. So workload clearly and upside clearly would favor Carson in that scenario, but Scenario and situation could favor the Titans. I still think the Titans are going to have a big year. I still think they're going to win the division. And I still think that they're going to be in a lot of games where they're winning. So okay. Henry, in a clock-killing situation, as we saw last week, could still be very good. And if they're in a clock-killing situation, how often do you expect to see DeMarco Murray on the field now that he's had two hamstring tweaks? Oh, I, I, I think if the Titans had their ideal game plan, it would be use Murray early, mm-hmm. use Murray on passing downs, mm-hmm. use Henry late. As the physical, um, what did mm-hmm. what did Rex Ryan once call Sean Green? It was something a big uh, fat bust. No, it was uh, man, I forget what it was. It was just something about him killing the clock. This is when the the Jets were good and going to the AFC Championship game every year. Who yeah. can remember those days? 
They weren't that long Sorry. ago. But Derek, the the move to make if you have Derek Henry and you don't have Demarco Murray, assuming Derek Henry is expendable, is to go to the Demarco Murray owner and hold him up bank robber style, like people are doing to me in one of my leagues, mm-hmm. where I'm might have to overpay for Derek Henry. You don't have to do it, Dave. I don't you've think got, I, you've got choices. Well, not really, because the rest of my team is in bad shape. Okay, moving on, moving on. Uh, Jamie, you have a couple of uh, interesting running backs on your sell-high list. The key word is high. Get a lot for them. Carlos Hyde and C.J. Anderson. Well, I mean, look, it's just two guys that have an injury track record that are playing fantastic right now. So Hyde, as uh, we just said, you know, ran through the Seahawks defense and may do the same against the Rams after what the Redskins just did. So given what his past has been where he's had to miss, you know, uh, half the season as a rookie, three games last year, you know, he just gets nicked up and, and all this work could catch up to him. And the same thing with CJ Anderson has never played 16 games. So if you can get, as we started the show with, if you can get one of those upper echelon type receivers for one of those guys, it's certainly a move to explore, especially since depending on when you drafted, those guys could have been in, in the rounds four to six range. Uh, in your league, and they may not have been expected starters for you, especially if you ended up with a good third option. So uh, if you can improve your roster in some way, shape, or form by selling extremely high on them, as you said, Adam, mm-hmm. uh, for superstar-type players, it's worth exploring. doesn't have to be one-for-one. One, could be two-for-two. Two, so you try to get a, uh, something in return. But um, I, I, would, I would look into it, but again, only for the best of the best. All right, let me give you guys some uh, some guys some players that I came up with for this segment. You just tell me if you agree or disagree. Uh, you guys could cover a lot of them, but buy low if he is a buy low on Devontae Parker. I actually think Parker made some seriously nice catches in that game, and he looks like he could have a beast year. And he has no more bye weeks, which is a slight advantage at this point. Um, I love the upcoming schedule for him: Jets, Saints, and Titans. Then the Falcons, then the Jets again for Devontae Parker. Like I don't know that it's a buy low necessarily, but I I'm calling Devontae Parker a buy. In fact, Heath and I just did buy Parker in uh in the Rejects League. Um, you guys feeling uh the Parker love? Yep, it was a very De- Devontae Parker game. He made a couple of spectacular catches. He had a couple of I would say bad drops, at least one bad drop. Um, it's so interesting. How many targets Jarvis Landry got in that game? Mm-hmm. I wonder in games where Cutler's volume's not as high, does that mean Parker's getting six or seven targets a game? I, he's got number two wide receiver upside. Would you trade Lamar Miller for him? I kind of did. We kind of did, Heath. Yeah, I didn't love it, but we did. We traded. Trade up. We traded Devontae Par- We traded Lamar Miller and Paul Perkins for Deva- for Devontae Parker and Thomas Rawls. And we have Chris Carson. And that's not a bad thing to do is to, to get a backfield and just see how it works out. So we gave up Perkins and Lamar Miller for Parker and Rawls. And I, I personally like it because I am thrilled to get Lamar Miller off my team. I, I <laughs> knew that you wanted to go get a Dolphin, and so I was <laughs> fine with it. But uh, I, I'd probably still rather have Miller. Who are your running backs now? Carson, Rawls, and who? Uh, one second. I don't even know. They're awful. It's the worst. Derrick Henry. Oh, we have ever. DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. We have, um, yeah. We have the Seahawks running backs in the Titans. We have Ed Javoris Allen. It's not bad. 
No, I, if one guy emerges, if one guy emerges in Seattle, if Chris Carson emerges in Seattle, I feel like he's going to be better than Lamar Miller. And your receivers are now who? Parker and who else? Green, Green, Demarius, and Devontae Parker. It's pretty hot. Not a bad team. Yeah, I said we have Cam Newton at quarterback. <laughs> it's a good week to have. Yeah. yeah Worry about the quarterback. Heath, we're going to win this week, Heath. We're going to win. Yeah, if DeMarco I, Murray misses. shocking. No, if DeMarco Murray misses this game, we get Derrick Henry in there. We get Carson, AJ. All right, we're going to win. AJ Green which, bounce. Uh, which, which Titans running back will you start if Murray is healthy? Javoris Allen. You bench the whole team? What do you think, Heath? Yeah, definitely. Against Seattle? I think I think you'd go with Javoris Allen there in half PPR. So Allen and Carson over either Murray or Henry. Interesting. I don't know. I, that's a, that, that'd be a tough call. But speaking of which, tough calls on tomorrow's show. Um, also, sell high. I don't know how I feel about this. I definitely want to sell him in PPR. Mike Gillisley. Yeah, I've thought about that. I almost put him on my list. The problem is he could still score 18 touchdowns. He may score more at this point. But <laughs> I I don't think I, – I think that's definitely not the most likely situation. I'd put the over-under at seven or eight the rest of the way. So, I mean, I just don't know – I know in my leagues I'm not getting enough for Mike Gillisley where I would trade him. I think there's only two ways that you move Mike Gillisley. And one is if a deal falls in your lap and someone thinks they're being clever and selling high on – C.J. Anderson, and they offer you Anderson straight up for Gillisley. Just kind of like a dream scenario that might happen in 1% of leagues. And the other is if your team is 1-1 one and one or 0-2 and, and you've got some injuries and you've got some holes to fill, but you're okay at running back, Gillisley is the guy you, you pawn off to help other spots on your team. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, he has zero catches on zero targets this year, so he's not getting any additional yards that way. And I just feel like... Gillisley is one bad game away, one like 45 rushing yards, no touchdown from being really hard to trade. You know, like he's and that gonna, might happen this week against Houston. It might, yeah. And then Carolina, yeah, 13 point favorites at home. Uh, there's probably a good chance that he scores here in some way, shape, or form. Look, he's gotten 15 and 18. Well, he's only carries. got one way, shape, or form to do it. That's <laughs> got a goal line carry. He can fall a fumble. <laughs> <laughs> he's got 15 and 18 carries in two games. That's pretty good. That's pretty encouraging. Um, so he's not an automatic sell high, Mike Gillisley. Last guy for me, Leonard Fournette, in the same sense that you could sell really high on C.J. Anderson. Do you want to sell really high on Leonard Fournette? The workload is there, but he actually he only had 14 carries last game. And remember week one, they surprisingly go into Houston and crush Houston. They're going to be terrible. The Jaguars are going to be really bad this year, I, I think, in terms of win-loss. Um, so I'm worried about him falling behind. And not getting that many carries, and could Fournette struggle in that scenario? Uh, what do you think? It's a very interesting week because uh, the Ravens' best run stopper is probably not going to play in Brandon Williams. Uh-huh. He's got a foot injury, and so I was not expecting Leonard Fournette to play well this week. I still don't expect him to play well this week, but this makes things a little bit better for him because if they do show up defensively, which they did in week one. They did for a half last week. And we know what Flacco and the Ravens offense has been on the road. So if they can stay in a competitive game again, Fournette's going to get a lot of work, and he could easily be in the 70 to 80 rushing yard range. But but rest of season, like, do you think he's he's? I think he could be – look, he's going to get a lot of work. That's what their offense is going to be. Lean on Fournette, lean on their defense, limit Bortles, you know, get in these messy, low-scoring type of games and see what happens. So I don't know if you're selling high on him now. You were probably selling high on him after week one. 
So I don't think you're going to get fair value for him at this particular point. Okay. All right. Uh, time to preview uh, the Thursday night game, Dave. Na, 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 na. After I tell you about FanDuel, good old FanDuel. I love me some FanDuel. I usually wait until after Friday, after the uh, big starter sit podcast episode. At that point, I know the matchups really well, and you're going to know them too. And you'll know the best bargains on FanDuel.com. I've got Devontae Parker in my lineup. I think he's a pretty good bargain this week. Um, but last night I made a lineup. I just like I'm having so much fun with it. I couldn't wait. I'm going to be making multiple lineups. This week and probably most weeks going forward. And and by the way, if you want to enter the Sunday Million for free, sign up on FanDuel.com and use the promo code CBSPOD when you deposit. CBSPOD when you click the Join Now button on FanDuel.com. If you haven't played, look, Daily Fantasy, it's really fun. New contests every week, no waiver wire, no stressing over injuries. Get a new team as often as you want. Play in big tournaments, win big money, play for a dollar against your friends, whatever you want to do. New users get free entry into that NFL Sunday Million with over a million dollars in cash prizes. When you make your first deposit on FanDuel, just visit FanDuel.com and sign up with the promo code CBSPOD. FanDuel.com, promo code CBSPOD, void where prohibited. All right, Rams at Niners, start the running backs. Let's go to our next segment. Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) That was it. I was about to do the theme song. Yeah, I mean... I think it's hard to get away from Todd Gurley, even though the Niners are averaging, are allowing 3.3 yards per carry. But everybody's going to start Gurley. Any concerns at all about Carlos Hyde? Uh, the Rams' run defense, you think would be better. Aaron Donald, they said, was rusty in Week One. Any concerns about Carlos Hyde this week, guys? Uh, not enough to where I wouldn't even consider not starting him. This is going to be like the NFL has completely and totally embraced the terribleness of Thursday night football. And this is going to be a low scoring smash mouth. It's like th- it's throwback Thursday is what the Thursday night football <laughs> has become. We're going to show you what football used to look like before teams knew that they could throw forward passes. Oh, Jeff Fisher's going to love it. Yeah. I, I don't have any concerns about Hyde. He'll be a top 15 running back. Well, 15 doesn't make him an automatic start. He's ninth for Jamie. He's 10th for Dave. He's 14th for Heath. Uh, would you start Jonathan Stewart uh, or no. Hyde? Hyde? I'd go Hyde. Yeah, Hyde. I think he's going to be fine. I mean, the the Rams' run defense should be better than what it was last week, but they're also facing a better run offense. Mm-hmm. Guy, guy, the guy I would re- reasonably possibly start is in a PPR league. If Jordan Howard's out, I could see starting Cohen over him, but we won't know before then anyway, so we don't you don't have that that uh, luxury. Yeah. All right. Unless so, Howard's ruled out. Which is unlikely, I think, on Thursday. Yeah, I'm not going to make it too complicated. Start Carlos Hyde. Start Car- uh, Todd Gurley. The Rams wide receivers, Watkins and Cup, so far this season, no wide receiver has had more than 64 yards against the 49ers. They have played Seattle and Carolina. And you know what's interesting? Like last year, they played Carolina, and Cam Newton scored – like 30-something points. He had a huge game. And Russell Wilson, he scored 37 points. Russell Wilson scored 19 fantasy points in Week 17. He got hurt in the first game against uh, San Fran. They're, they're, they definitely have been better on defense. I don't know if it's legit or not. But tell me how you guys are approaching um, Watkins and Cup this week. I'm trying not to. Because the formula that the 49ers have used in the first two weeks is attack bad offensive lines, force quarterbacks to make shorter passes or bad passes and compete in the game as a result. And their offense didn't come through to help them in either week, but at least they were close last week. And I think that same recipe will work for them this week. 
The other thing that I don't like particularly about Watkins is that he's currently third on his team in targets. So ridiculous. Cup and Robert Woods have more targets than him. And Gurley. Gurley too. Fourth. If you want to throw in running backs. So I, I don't, I, I, I don't I feel good about said, Sammy Watkins. I, I still think Cup's in the, in the number three receiver range just because he's going to see a lot of those short area targets. So, um, in, in a game where Goff's going to have to get the ball off quickly, I think Cup's going to be heavily involved. I'm not starting any of them if I have any way of avoiding it at all. What about Pierre Garcon? Is he better than Cup this week? He's my favorite receiver in this game. Yeah, I'd put him behind Cup, but he's going to see a lot of passes. Just probably won't score, which is typical for him. Yeah. Well, can he give you the six for 81 that he gave you in week one, Pierre Garcon? Yep. Yeah. Potentially. So which Jermaine you... Johnson was banged up too in, in last week's game, so we'll see how he, mm. he is. Right. If he doesn't make it, that helps the matchup for Garcon. Would you uh, start any of these guys over Des Bryant? No. Nope. What? He's got Patrick Peterson. No. Uh, Tremaine Johnson wasn't even on the injury report Monday, so that's bad for him. So. Right, I'm just, I'm just, uh, would you start Jermaine, would you start, uh, what's not as Jermaine? Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder over any wide receiver in this game. Yes, I think this is a breakout game for the Redskins. Uh, yes, I would start him over any wide receiver in this game. Alright. And that's it. Rams DST is number three for everybody. Uh, and we'll see if the trend continues of the Niners being good against number one outside wide receivers and giving up production to secondary receivers. It's kind of been going on for about eight games now, going back to last year. So we'll see if that continues. So who is the secondary going. receiver that's supposed to benefit from this? I would think it'd be, uh, it'd be Cup. That would but be. But he's been the primary receiver. I still consider if, if you're talking about how they're going to cover these guys, like roll coverage, I would think that Sammy Watkins would be the number one priority. That'd be okay. my guess. So we'll see, cause it's, it's been going on since last year, but that got me in trouble last week with CJ Anderson now, didn't it? Alright, it's time to hear from the people. Emails, tweets, grade the trade, and of course, Team Name Tuesday on a Wednesday. Miss it, we missed it yesterday. Sorry everybody, I know you're just devastated. Uh, this is from Stu. Cup of Goffey. A nice Rams, Rams one-two punch there. I like it. I like that. Yeah. Uh, here's another one. I get to sing at the Cooper, Cooper Cup banner. No. All right. From Ted, use check yourself. Use check, Kyle use check, anyone? And then, uh, Arlene's Darkwa team names, Darkwa Duck, Danny, Donnie Darkwa, the Darkwa Night Rises. So, to be clear, the, the names that we're using this week for team names are Cooper Cup, Kyle Yuschek, and Orleans Dark Club. <laughs> yeah, that's what we've resorted no, to. Nobody's, that's what nobody's using to. any of their starters. Nope, that's, uh, te- that's week three of team name two. Just imagine what, what like, we eight's, eight's gonna be like, so be kickers. Although we've already had the Young Way Koo ones. Uh, alright, uh, let me get to the emails here that I wanted to read from, uh, Ramon. Dear Rod, Brandon, and Jake. Yeah, Broncos? I don't know. That, that's, uh, is that Jake Plummer, Brandon, uh. Stokely? No, before him, right? With Rod Smith? That would be Ed McCaffrey. Yeah. Brandon, I was Why thinking, I Brandon, think I was thinking Brandon Marshall. Brandon E.D. Nah, it doesn't matter. Uh, I ended up drafting, oh, see, this is why I think it's Broncos. I ended up drafting both Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders in PPR. Uh, who, how do you decide who to start? Thomas or Sanders on a week-to-week basis? I'm starting Thomas. He's getting the targets. He's getting the catches. He's getting the yards. He's safer. 
he just hasn't been better. He might have been better week one. Yeah. But week like, two, nothing's definitely happened. not. Nothing's happened to change my opinion from what we all thought before the season. All right, this next email is from Tyler. Where's Tyler from? Tyler's from Miami. Why so low on Alex Smith this week? Uh, yeah, against the Chargers. Why so low on Alex Smith this week? Uh, it's got, Alex Smith. I've got him 15th, so I don't think that's low. That's the highest I've ever ranked Alex Smith, I think. He's a, uh, he's, he's a low end starter, depending on how you look at it. Okay. From Sean. Sean Stewart. He's been at least 18 fantasy points in two games, so. Rest of season, Terrence West or Rob Kelly? Two injured guys. I, I, I would take probably West over Kelly at this point. I would I, too. I will take Kelly, but they're basically the same thing. From Jordan in a northeastern Ohio city between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Is Erie in between Cleveland and Pittsburgh? I believe so. It is now. Hey, Sonny, Donnie, Billy, and Bobby. Heath, Stranger things. No, I thought Heath was going to cheat and read it in the email and say, oh, it's this. Uh, no, those are Adam Sandler characters. Now, can you name the characters, Dave? Sonny? Uh, I forget his last Sonny name. Sonny is the one with the dad. Who, yeah, yeah, that's Big Daddy. Daddy. Donnie? Nobody's going to get this. Donnie, I don't... Uh, that's my boy. I've never no. seen that. Billy is Billy Madison. Yeah, and Bobby. Jamie? Bobby, I, I, Bobby. I, I, oh, I know. I, 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 I would just like to say that 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 that's my 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 favorite role that I've 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 ever played in um H2O is uh is, is certainly my favorite when I'm out with Vicky Valancourt. Bobby, would you answer this question for him? Sure. Yeah, Bobby, who do you like better for the year, Golden Tate or Jarvis Landry? Half PPR, Golden Tate or Jarvis Landry? I I I I think that Jarvis Landry was very good in week uh week number 2, but um his uh his, his situation was somewhat uh match matchup matchup uh, related, but Golden Tate <laughs> is still going to be the better 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 of the of the two. He's he's the high quality H two O, and and Jarvis Landry a little bit of the low quality H two O. But but uh, Mama, Mama said that um that that both could be very good. Yeah, pretty good. I like it. That was you're, that was excellent, ex- ex- <laughs> outstanding. That is a hell of an impression. Uh, Eric was. I don't know. I honestly I don't know how I stutter as much as I do when I do it. Cause it's not like I'm trying to stutter. Just, it just kind of, it happens naturally. You're just in character. Yeah. What do we call that? You That's... are Bobby Boucher. You're a we're, method actor. I, I, method actor. Yes. Thank I, you. I, I, I thank you for that. Thank, thank yeah. you. Love it. I don't really love that movie so much though, but, uh. Are you kidding? The, the, the best, the better Sandler movies. The, the best thing, point. the best thing that I do is, is when I, when I sing as, as Adam Sandler, cause I, I just go, a cookie for me, a cookie for you. Let's have a cookie and a big brown shoe, and then people pay me a million dollars. It's crazy. <laughs> Was that a Frank Caliendo? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you did a great Frank Caliendo doing Adam Sandler. <laughs> uh, this is from Eric. He was offered Ezekiel Elliott for Kareem Hunt. Wow. Take it and run. Take it and run to a championship. Good yeah, job. run like Hunt's doing because that's what Elliott hasn't been. <laughs> yeah, run, run like, run unlike Ezekiel Elliott. Elliott. No, I would, but, <laughs> okay. but, but hopefully Elliott turns into Kareem Hunt. <laughs> Are you 100% sure Elliott plays 16 games? Are you 100% sure Kareem Hunt plays 16 games? Are you 100% sure Elliott doesn't get suspended is really the question. No. I'm not, but I'm 85 yeah. to 90? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling, we're feeling that no suspension this year. Seems to be where it's leading. Let's grade some trades. Uh, this is from DFS Daddy. Okay. Now, Dow- what's what's the grading system again, Adam? C is average. So and A is A is great. 
C is heavily in your favor. But I want to make sure because you said average. C is a completely fair trade. Yeah. Yeah. Anything above a C. If you lose, it's C minus or worse. Uh, I've never, I've never done this the right way. Right. I've never graded the way Adam wants me to grade. I know. Would you like me to try for real this time? No, I don't care. I like, I like your stupid grades. Uh, alright, grade this trade. Grade this trade. (laughs) Grade this trade. Dalvin Cook and Amari Cooper. Dalvin Cook and Amari Cooper. For Le'Veon Bell, Brandon Marshall, and Jacquez Rogers. Again, you're giving up Dalvin Cook and Amari Cooper. You're getting the best player in the deal, Le'Veon Bell, but also Brandon Marshall and Jacquez Rogers. Half PPR. C minus. I don't like it. You're going to drop. I mean, you basically traded for Le'Veon Bell and Jacquez Rogers because I assume you don't have somebody worse than Brandon Marshall on your team. And Rogers is good for two weeks. I don't even know if he is because he's got the Vikings this week and uh, the Giants the next week. So, like, I don't know that you're going to feel comfortable starting quiz the next two weeks. What do you guys think? So C- minus for Heath, Dave? I uh, I think the Dalvin and the Amari side is a little bit better, to be honest with you, because I agree with Heath. You're cutting Marshall and Jacquez in short order. Okay. Jamie, you can grade this next one. Matt from the Sticks of New Hampshire. Give Brady and Burkhead. Brady and Burkhead. Get Luck and A.J. Green for Brady and Burkhead. Luck and Green. Um, D. Hey, no, Jamie. You like this trade. You like, I think, right? You're getting green and luck. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, if you're getting green yeah. and luck, I like it. We've been doing this segment for ten years. We still have no idea what the grade actually means. Matt, the green side is the better side. The green side is yeah. the better side. Hey, yeah. Matt. Matt also says, "P.S. I am still laughing at when Dave said the only thing he can dunk is a donut from a month or so back. I don't remember that, Dave, but it's no, true. Funny lad." <laughs> Troy. Wait, that's not true. I also dunked Oreos the other day. Nice. P.S. They were delicious. Cookies and milk uh, is great. My my son dunks chicken nuggets in his milk. What do you think about that? Oh, you're milk? kidding me. Uh, which oh. son? Uh, the eight-year-old. Well, he's eight. Yeah. Like, you he allow that fries, to happen? He did fries in his milk, and it wasn't really that big a deal, because like, you can dip fries in ice cream, and it's delicious. I, yeah, I've done fries in a Frosty before. But but the chicken nuggets in the milk, I was like, I don't know. Nah, I step had, in, Heath. I made him eat outside. <laughs> Alright guys, a few more trades. Troy, grade the trade. Give Theo Riddick, get Joe Mixon. Oh my god. A plus. Yes, that's an A. A. A for you. Okay. F for the other guy. From Christopher. The other guy needs to be drug tested. Dear Mel, Simon, Heidi, and Howie. No idea, I'll look it up. I, I think I know what it oh, is. Oh, who? I think it's the judges on America's Got Talent. <laughs> nice. Okay, uh, Keeper League. I was offered Ty Montgomery straight up for David Johnson. PPR Keeper League. Oh. Give, oh. It's, it's interesting. It's easy in, in seasonal, but in Keeper, yeah. would you give up Johnson for Montgomery? Grade the trade. But next year, Johnson's a sixth-round keeper. Montgomery's a 13th round. Yeah. It's just an important fact to throw in there. Thank you. Yeah. B minus. <laughs> I like it. I like it, too. Uh-oh. But your season's kind of over. No. No, he's, he's getting, getting Montgomery. Montgomery. He's getting Montgomery. <laughs> oh, then your season's just beginning. <laughs> We've been grading <laughs> trades for how long and we can't. Uh, last trade, last trade. Dan in Chicago. PPR. Ten teams. Give. Gurley. Dez. 
Buck Allen. Gurley, Dez, Buck Allen. Get Antonio Brown. C plus. The team getting Gurley gets a B plus. Oh, so you don't like this trade. I like the Gurley side. Yeah, me too. I'm going to give it an F. Yeah, it's a little much to F. go for Brown. I, I, it's a 10-team league, though. I don't know. This is going to be really good it. going forward. You're giving away potentially three starters. Buck Allen should not be a starter in a 10-team league. But with all the injuries at every position, of course he could be. In PPR? Yeah. He's Come on, Heath. Come on, Heath. Come around. Could be. I, I, C+. Plus. All right. C+. Go win a championship. So C plus from Heath, less than that from Dave and Jamie. And thank you guys very much. This has been a fun show. Back tomorrow with the tough matchups. See you later. I I I would just like to, to, to say goodbye.